0: welcome back to another special episode of the epic experiment podcast i'm bruce it's episode 156 and i'm joined online once again by sneaky pete to chat all things magic the gathering how are you tonight pete
1: i'm doing all right uh it'll, it's good to be back on a sort of consistent schedule here uh we are mm. you know we're really happy to be here talking magic today uh and this is our conclusion for the last few weeks we've been doing different kinds of deck builds so we tried. We tried to end it on a memey sort of fun note, and I think these two decks are pretty gold. So it'll be fun to talk about them today.
0: Indeed. Yeah. No. I like. I think this is our arc of uh, helping people with their deck building, and then we've gone through six different types of decks now. This will be our sixth week of it, audience. Uh, and uh, so, if you like these sorts of shows, let us know, and we can. I'm sure we could put another 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 arc or two in the in the future. There's lots of other archetypes that are out there that we didn't dive into. um but uh, these are some of the ones that we like to gravitate to and hoping people can enjoy them. Um, but yeah, it's been uh, it's been it's good to get back on a regular schedule and uh, not have stomach ailments or whatever. I know the holidays are coming up, and there's always commotion around that. so we may end up having a, a an unforeseen break or two but uh in the meantime we are back and enjoying stuff okay well pete where do people find the show if they want to they want to check us out each and every week
1: so allegedly we're on a lot of different platforms at least that's what i heard um we're we're mostly on discord mostly on discord Uh, i think we're circling around x but we might get off that because of all the controversy around that but i know I know we're, we're on like everything I think you could be on at this point. Um I mean, maybe local television might pick us up soon, who knows? Maybe we'll be on like that late night uh Channel 5 or something, but oh, yeah, we're, we're I would say circle back uh lotuscouncil.com is the easiest way to find us. Email and and maybe like the occasional smoke signal through the air, but uh other than that, we we love we love to have conversations in, in multiple discords about magic. That's what we do.
0: I like to put a message in a bottle. Message in a bottle. Yeah. No, anyone for some sting? No? And the police? No? All right.
2: I know,
1: okay. I know who sings that. I think we should keep it that way, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not me. That's Sue. All right. Yeah. And, if, oh, and folks email us. Check out the show notes. You can find out how to get a hold of us. Uh, and we'd love to hear from you guys. All right, Pete. Let's get right into it are you ready garbage or great all right tonight our first card is card that's making noise in constructed formats because they the fixed version of cascade is still busto trumpeting carnosaur pete so this one is a four red red for a seven six dinosaur with trample when trumpeting dinosaur enters the battlefield discover five and then two in a red discard trumpeting carnosaur it deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker now peep i put this one on the list because people are really excited about it in constructed formats uh it's making moves moves of pioneer and standard is it good enough for us to play a commander
1: I, if you're not paying six for it then yeah i think we talked about this before uh just look going over our picks for the for tonight's show but um If you reanimate this thing or you're able to flicker this thing or something and just recur the value of Discovering 5, it can be very strong depending on how you build your deck, right? Uh, I don't like Discover because it's too random. I don't like Cascade because it's too random. I like to sort of fix what I'm supposed to play. But there are times when you just go crazy with it and it just houses the opponents. Um, It is like a nice way to just deal some damage in red and remove something off the board. Pitching it, I, I like that it's like a bolt for three mana. That's kind of nice, uh, but I don't know. I think time will tell, right? Like beyond the dinosaur decks and beyond the sort of uh, budget reanimating target, um, I'm not really sure where it would fit beyond uh, like something like that. Because you, if you can only do it once, then you might brick and hit like a soul ring when you don't need it, or hit like a one drop uh, creature that doesn't do anything for you later in the game. So, what do you think?
3: Yeah. Well,
0: no, I think you're absolutely correct there that the the dis- the discover feature of it is a bit of a concern. However, what I like about this more than I like that cas- the, the cascade is that because it's an enter the battlefield trigger. You if, it has an easy way to throw it in your graveyard cuz you can use the, the modality of it to remove something problematic. Like if we we often have them the the, the you know, remove a utility creature or re- re- requirement to remove a, a man or dork or something to, s- to set an opponent back, putting your Carnosaur in your graveyard, and now you have it as a reanimation target or as something that you have access to later in the game when you need it. And there's lots of ways to get it back through lots of different means. Uh, in fact, the next card on we're to talk about in a second is going to be a great way to get it back. Um, and so therefore, you're, you're going to get like that two-for-one trigger off of it pretty reliably, and you will have used it to kill something, making it like almost like a three-for-one. I kind of feel like this is probably good enough that lots of decks could run it, not just um dinosaur decks. Then you mentioned something that's disgusting, it's the flickering ability of yeah. doing something goofy with because, this. Because, you
1: know, I gotta turn it from zero to a hundred every time.
0: Yeah, yeah, so like, <laughs> Pete's, our, Pete's our own lovable dirt bag and he's gonna take the, the big old dino, make a copy of it, and, or... Flicker it, or do something and get more value off it yet still. The moment you said Jaxus, the moment I was like, oh my god, yes. Is This like <laughs> this? If, if this isn't in your Jaxus list already. This should be, because this thing is exactly what end. your Jaxus list wants to do.
1: I think my average so. CMC is like two anyway, so I would definitely hit something. I'm not sure what it would be, but... <laughs>
0: well, see, the thing with Discover, it doesn't even matter. Because if just a, you get a spell, you put it in your hand. Unlike mm-hmm. Cascade, you could have had the option the awkward position of like, oh, I don't want to cast this spell. Mm-hmm. Uh, nuts. And I gotta fi- you gotta fire it off.
1: It's so it's basically like a draw. Like it draws you a card. Um yeah. when it so, enters, which uh, is if, nice.
0: If, if that's the worst you're gonna get of the Trumpeting Carnosaur, like uh, okay. So you get a, a seven-six and a card. Sure, it replaces itself like cantrips. That's really strong. So I think this is probably... like it's already in twenty eight hundred X, 2900 X. It probably should be in more and yeah. just because the thing is just that good. So, um, I think the hype is real. I think uh, people are gonna discover in due course that the thing is kind of busted and should be probably a bigger inclusion.
1: That's yeah. what I think only time will tell. Uh, as same with the next card that we're talking about tonight. um, yeah, this is one of my favorites because I've seen a lot of. Vintage Cube recently, and watching a lot of uh, people using this card to great effect makes me want to pull out of my my binder, uh, my bulk mm-hmm. But It's from the Catacombs, so it's from Baldur's Gate, so not many people, I think, know about this card because everybody hated on that set so much, unfortunately. Um, but now here's the time for it to shine. Three, colorless, and two, black. Uh, it's a sorcery. Put a creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control with a corpse counter on it. That creature would leave the battlefield exiled instead of putting it anywhere else. And you get to take the initiative. Which, uh, and then finally you get to escape it uh, for the same cost, and you exile five other cards from your graveyard. So the initiative, if the audience is unaware, is is like a dungeon on its own. That has some specific abilities that you can choose from. And then if you complete the dungeon, you can cheat out a creature for free but um, it's just card advantage pretty much a lot of people really like it in vintage because obviously uh, any advantage for free is good advantage but in commander we're not really sure because we don't see these cards enough I I play one or two of them uh, but I just personally like the mechanic a lot Um, what do you think though Bruce on the surface it's it's like a 5 mana reanimator we've seen before but you can play it again potentially
3: I think
0: this is, like, way too much value. Like, okay, so, audience, five mana reanimated target from your from your graveyard is an effect that exists pretty typically in most sets. Um, and this one's right on rate. So you get five mana reanimated target. But this one has got a couple of upgrades that makes it really appealing. First, it doesn't have to be your graveyard. It can be any graveyard. So when you somebody in your table has got a really juicy target in their graveyard, oh, now it's my target. Uh, you know, you've you've gone and lost a powerful creature or something a key that you want to play. Well, that was back on the battlefield. High mana is steep, but in Commander, just like in lots of things, the game is all about how much mana you can generate, and there's lots of ways to generate poop tons of mana in black. So, I don't think like this is this this card already's got some up significant upgrades already. Next, taking the initiative is big game. And um, if it, you want to just get free value off just doing stuff, this is it. You're going to get significant value off of it at each time. And if you can, and it's not like it's not like adventuring through the dungeon. Like if you adventure through the dungeon through the Afr cards, uh, adventure of the Forgotten Realms, you need to have an instance of it saying you adventure through the, you adventure in the dungeon. Initiative doesn't work that way. Initiative is very similar to the Monarch, where if you retain the initiative turn after turn after turn, you progress through the dungeon anyway. So you just take the initiative and you can protect it. You will still progress, even if you don't have other cards in your deck that say, I'm going to take the initiative. And then it remember, it, the game remembers where you are in that dungeon. So when if you lose it, you go take it back. If you're dealing damage like the Monarch, and now you just start the process again. So, like, this is just really excellent value from that alone. Next, when you could go and get it back and use it again by escaping cards, come on now. Like, so you're just asking all those black, blue, or mill mildex to just have a gas, have fun recasting those scary bombs out of your graveyard. So this is an excellent upgrade. It is 35 cents audience. Is 35 cents well spent on like going to take out whatever clunky reanimation spell you have and put it in? Sure. There are there better reanimation spells. Sure. You can go and play necromancy or reanimate or animate dead or dance with the dead. Like th- those are your premium ones for sure. But if you're budget conscious or you don't have access to some of the oldest cards of the game, then this is a really good alternative. And it's gonna it's jam-packed full of value on every line on this te- on the card. I think this card is excellent. Um yeah, you don't want to have a ton of these five mana spells sitting in your hand cuz they could be dead like if you if the game goes fast, you don't get a chance to use it. But if you get an opportunity, like a, a window to fire this off, you are going to be giggling all the way to the bank of value town. So, yeah. I'm a big fan. I think people who should play it. Um it's in almost 10,000 decks already. It's like the ten. It's the card in ten thousand decks that no one knows about, and it's. Yeah. Uh, I think it should be in twenty thousand decks. Frankly, I think
3: it's that good. Like double the number of decks. I right? think that's what I think.
1: Yeah. All right. Um, and, anything else? and the, like the- I mean, it's yeah. It's easy to to see. Like you could steal other people's creatures. You could steal. You could take back your own. Um, it's just super flexible for what what this type oh. of effect does. It's good late game. It's good early game. It's just yeah. good enough,
2: right?
0: Just good, and like, and just I think that's really the like the sentiment here for most of the initiative cards. They're probably most of them are probably good enough to be played, and the effect of the, of the initiative is probably worth the inclusion. If like, if you have two cards that are roughly equal, or like one that maybe a little bit better, and one with the initiative, you're like, oh, but the initiative's on that one. Right. That's kind of that's kind of a big game. So we should probably be doing this more often, audience.
1: And I mean, from someone or, who's completed the dungeon, that dungeon a lot, it's pretty easy to get down and and just run through it quickly. Once you run through it once, uh, there's huge payoffs uh, for these cards. Yeah. So yeah, I would recommend at least trying it in your local pods uh, at least once.
0: Absolutely, at least See how once. it works out. And I mean, again, picking it up for thirty five cents—that's all the investment you got to make. That's not bad. Like you can pick up a copy, try it out. If you don't like it, put it back in the tr- in the in the box and not try it again. But if you like it, you can. It's not you. You didn't spend a lot of money on it. You, you know. Right. So, all right. Our last one here, I think, is one that Ma- uh, Pete pointed out to me last week after we went off the air. But I think we wanted to talk about it. So this is. Mazalantli the Great Door, which is a three mana legendary artifact. Tap, draw a card, then discard a card. Four tap, transform Mazalantli the Great Door. Activate only there are four or more permanent types among cards in your graveyard, so you have to meet Delirium before you can flip it. And then once you flip it, you have tap, add X mana of you of any one color, where X is the number of permanent cards.
3: In your graveyard, not types, just permanence in your graveyard. Pete, this feels busted. Yeah, but it,
1: I, <laughs> it's you know, it's uh, it, it's like like what we said. It's it's a it's a budget guy's cradle, which is one of the most broken cards in the. I mean, even if you only have. Two lands in your graveyard that you cracked earlier. Um, you're still generating two for one.
3: Yeah, which
0: is awesome. Like that if that if that is the floor for this card, you are doing really, really well. And there's gonna be lots of times, audience. If you can flip this, and like let's be honest, you're flipping this because you had a creature die, you had you maybe an, an enchantment or something that somebody removed. Like, let's say you play a burgeoning or you played an exploration and someone goes, Whoa! They remove it because they can't let you run away with the game. Okay, good. Your enchantment goes. Your creature dies. They kill a a bird. You sack a fetch land. There's three of them. Artifact gets... gets, Someone casts Vandal Blast kills an artifact. Now you have four in the graveyard. Easy as pie. And now you flip the stupid thing and you have a rock that makes four. A land that makes four mana. Easy as pie. And if you you invest energy in doing this turbo style... You're gonna. This is gonna be nuts. Like, like this is broken. Like, to me, this isn't guy's cradle. This is academy ruins. Like, our academy, uh, Telerian Academy. This is like broken yeah. in pieces, and no one's talking about it. It is a dollar thirty-five. And like, yes, people are gonna say, "Well, if I have Telerian Academy. I don't have to spend any mana for it." I'm like, you're right. In 2023, broken lands cost you mana. I'm sorry. That never held Nyctos back. Nykthos is broken. It's a broken land. Because you know what people do with Nykthos? They tap it once, untap it, and then tap it again. And now they got 26 mana and they're doing something dumb. Well, that's what this is going to do. You're going to have a bunch of things in your graveyard. You're going to tap the thing, make a bunch of mana, untap it, make 26, kill the table. Like, folks, <laughs> we're, like maybe we're a little, little hyperbolic on this card. I mean, I'm a little hyperbolic on this
1: So, card. like, you pay three, you draw a card, you discard a card, you yeah. can, at minimum, flip it the next turn on someone else's turn, because you don't have to do this as sorcery. Most of these cards are, like, sorcery speed in this set. They tried to make them very yeah. fair and balanced. This makes Jumpstart better. This makes Surveil better. Like, if you play Curate on turn two, you Surveil two cards, put them in the graveyard, play this on turn three, draw a card, discard a card, you have three permanents in the yard already, pay four, flip it, Go to your turn. You have like eight mana on turn five.
3: Yeah, it's silly,
0: silly good. As a dollar thirty six, no one's talking about it. No one knows. No one's talking about it. So we're talking about it here on the show, and you should play it, audience, because this thing, like, I, I'm going to wager, like, in two years' time, this is going to be ubiquitous. People are going to be like, oh, we should have got on this card mm-hmm. early. That's what I'm thinking because I mean. The last broken land that looks like this was Nyctos. like really. That's the last one. And I mean, there was the Cabal stronghold in Dominaria that was like kind of like Cabal coffers. It's okay if you want to do that. I think this card is like this card provides you with a little bit of card selection before you flip it, and then when you flip it, it goes nuts. And uh, so, again, we're very, like we're we are high on it here on the show. Uh, I'm really high on it. Like I thinking this thing is a mistake. That's what I think. I think this is a mistake, mm-hmm. and uh, in it's just a matter of time before the community figures out this is a mistake, and you start seeing this everywhere.
1: I mean, I could I could see three or four decks that would love this card that I have currently um, at three. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, without can, going, can... yeah, yeah. Without going too much into it. Anything that free draws you a card is and flips into that, I mean, I don't know. What are we no, doing? It's just good.
0: It's good. I think we're good. So,
1: yeah, <laughs> that,
0: that's what we should be doing. Okay. So, we've talked about some broken cards and how they're all good. Um, and now let's talk about some funky decks and some sweet, sweet jank. And let's be honest, folks. These are the sorts of decks that brewers love to put together because they're just... The sort of funny things or interesting decks that you don't see very frequently, that people are going to be like, "Oh, that's a cool deck." So we have our mimiest decks or janky deck, jankiest decks that we've got kicking around in our in our in our collections, and uh, we're going to sort of talk them through. Uh, maybe hopefully get you people inspired to maybe do your own fun,
3: cool thing. So, uh, Pete, help me out. What did you brew up tonight?
1: this this deck is dumb all right it's very fun but it's very dumb um so the joke in when i was playing like when i would play like limited or whatever and even when i started building decks early on like in any format i loved three drops like i would always overdo it i'd always have too many in my decks so i was like let's make a commander deck revolving around this this cruel joke of mine of playing too many three drops so It's Volrath, the Shape Stealer, and Karuga as a part, as a companion. And it's just, everything in the deck is three or greater. I'm playing a lot of old, like, sort of bad cards, and then a few, like, good creature bombs. And a few weird, like, clones, synergy things. And the deck plays differently every single time. And every time I play it, it's like, it either wins out of nowhere or does nothing, because it's too slow for the pod. (laughs) But that's by design, right? So. It's fun. So I'm playing he, bad counters he, too.
0: <laughs> people may not be familiar with Volrath because it is the 403rd ranked um, <laughs> commander on EDH Rec. It is an it was a backup commander in a precon. It was in the.
1: Uh, so, it was in the the manifest one, I think, actually. The morph the morph deck the morph yeah. one
2: yeah.
0: So let's read Volrath the Shape Stealer. So, two black, green, blue for a 7 5 legendary creature shapeshifter. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put a minus one, minus one counter on up to one target creature. And then one colon until your next turn. Volrath the Shape Stealer
3: becomes a copy of target creature with a counter on it. Except it's a 7 5 and it has this ability. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, folks. I have to take some credit for this one because Pete
0: found this in a box of bulk this summer. And he's like, I like this. I'm going to build this. And I'm like, you have Adder, my friend, because I don't know what to do with it. So <laughs> Pete put together this concoction. The list is going to be in the show notes,
3: everybody. Um, so let's talk about this. Um, so first off, the idea, I'm assuming, came from the idea that your drafting tended to lean into three
0: drops, and you found a weird Salt-Eye Commander.
2: Yeah,
0: um, is, is there any other th- there any other inspiration you took for this one?
1: I mean, I don't know. I've been wanting to make a salt list that wasn't impressive for a while. And mm-hmm. I thought like how weird Full Wrath is as a card. Uh, just like the weird things you can do with him. I figured like there's probably a chance that I could do some really strange things with the card and also use Karuga for card draw, because Karuga like is not played at all as well. Karuga says, as a stipulation, your starting deck contains only cards with CMC 3 or greater and lands. And then when it enters, you draw a card for each other permanent you control with that 3 or greater. So like, in Commander, we want to be as efficient as possible and, you know, as of right now, right, we play faster now, because of all the power creep in the format. Mm-hmm. Um, so I figured maybe I can try to like break that a little bit. I'm not playing, like, too many broken cards, because there are a lot of like very expensive cards that you can cheat out for free. But I figured this was a nice balance in my rationale.
0: Yeah. So I'm looking at the like the decks it appears in, like as a companion being played in the way that you're discussing it here. Like Karuga is played very sparingly. Um both as a commander and as a companion. So um it's really interesting to see Karuga be applied in the situation because it would not be something that you would tend to plan to see. Um so let's go and have an have an examination with Pete at his list. And see what he's coming up with, all right, so Pete, what would you say is the one of the like, the strength, the primary strength of of this deck? like what is it that makes it compelling or difficult for your opponents to play against?
1: Nobody knows what the heck I'm gonna play next because it's oh. three or greater, there's no soul ring, there's no arcane signet. I, there's no Signets at all, actually because I can't play them. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm playing really bad counter spells like spellswindle, um which are actually really good for me. Because when people get, like, when I don't do anything for five turns, they're like, "What? what is this, like, what is this deck? But then when I spell swindle, they're like, best card, and then drop, like, an eight drop. It, it feels good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it would. I don't know. It's mostly leveraging, like, the chaotic energy of the deck. Like, obviously, Forgotten Ancient is really good, because I can put the counters on anything. Um, yeah. Like, I can put them on my opponent's creatures. I've definitely uh, soloed people with the big fish, Storm um, stormtide Leviathan, which I thought was funny, right? Because like, cause that's like something you don't see every day. Uh,
3: yeah, no,
0: for sure. It doesn't. It it doesn't see a whole lot of uh, a whole lot. Of stuff so, like you of, put the uh, count ca- the
1: minus one minus one counter on the Leviathan, then you make uh, Volrath unblockable, pretty much. Right. Um. You just keep punch him in the face for 7 damage. Tamir Sabretooth is probably the best creature in the entire deck. There's a lot of value creatures in the deck, like Ancient Brass Dragon or whatever, but Tamir Sabretooth is actually the best card in the deck, because you bounce Karuga back to hand at the end of the turn, you recast it, and you get oh, wow. like yeah, 20 yeah, cards sure. in your hand at a time. Um, And then some other sleeper cards, like Mirage Mirror, obviously is really fun to play. And Artistic Refusal, man. I know like that was a card that was being played a lot in Convoke decks in general. But playing that like for 6 mana is nice. Um, to counter a threat and then draw a few cards. It's not a great card, well, but it's great in this deck.
0: Well, like I'm going to be honest with you. It looks like 6 mana. and People go, oh, it's too expensive. But if you can Convoke it out, it isn't 6 mana anymore. Mm-hmm. It's 3, probably. And that puts it probably on par. And you get a lot of additional... Upside to casting it, so I think you're right. I think it's really good. Uh, I like the fact that you got some really interesting inclusions here. Uh, do you mind if I ask you about a couple of cards? Like, so, Tooth and Nail. Uh, what are you looking to get? Are you looking at a particular target with Tooth and Nail? Or are you just looking just generally for cool stuff to pull out of your deck?
1: So that's like a brand, literally a brand new pickup. I just picked that card up like probably two month month ago, two months ago, and I finally found cuts to put it in the the list right right i th- I think it'd be situational, um, I'd probably get like honestly, I'd probably get like um Like maybe just like a metamorph, like a Frey metamorph or like a pirated copy, copy somebody else's creature, okay. progenitor mimic, mm-hmm. maybe oh. and then like a value creature do you like...
0: have the progenitor mimic in here yes oh you do you sneaky sob okay <laughs> so okay so in this list also folks you should be aware there is a bio visionary which is a card at a gate crash so that would that be is, a
1: combo i guess i could pull that two a, out
0: that's a really sneaky way to get a win because it says at the beginning of your end step if you control four or more creatures named bio visionary you win the game so that's a really sneaky one Um, But other things like, obviously, like Archon Cruelty, like extra Archon Cruelties are good. Uh, Extra Ancient Brass Dragons also seems strong. Um, You know, like you've got lots of really juicy targets for Volrath to copy. Um, I also like how you phrased it where you said this thing like sort of leans into the chaotic nature of the deck without it being a full on like red chaos deck which I think I like as being something very refreshing, because we've all played, if you've played for any length of time, folks, somebody has pulled out the Scrambleverse uh <laughs> Nord, Score. Norn of the wary
1: like, Punisher deck.
0: Yeah, and it's like, yeah. it's 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 just it takes chaos to, like, the 12th degree, and no one likes it. This feels very chaotic in, like kind of, like, unpredictable but yet very fun and would be very interesting to play with lots of really interesting mechanics and, and cards you can utilize. So I'm really thinking this is like the the strength of this deck is that sort of chaotic nature of it and like and you're going to utilize all sorts of cool things and Volrath makes some really cool cards to be even cooler. So what are the drawbacks to this list? What are the what are sure. like like what can we go where, where does it go wrong
1: very slow it's very very slow um i've definitely gotten wrecked by um there's that one card and it's an instant it's two a blue and a colorless it says when a creature if a creature would enter it becomes a copy of a different creature instead it's like a mirror something i forget what it is it's like a two mana instant I played Volrath, they responded, turned my Volrath into a Thopter Lost All Abilities or something. I forget
0: oh, what it's called. Oh, that's not cool.
1: So, like, shutting down Volrath shuts down the entire deck um, in certain aspects. Right. If I can't ramp out to, like, a big, bomby creature. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just, it just slow. I mean, <laughs> I don't play anything until yeah. turn three. So it, it can be yeah. difficult to establish, like, a board presence for a while.
3: So you're telling me you, you can never keep a two-land hand? Never.
1: Probably not. Yeah. I mean, even if I had Lorien revealed in my hand, uh, it right. probably would suck.
0: <laughs> okay. um So let's, uh, so I got to ask a question then. So, like, what do you need this deck to do in order for you to win? Is there a critical mass of stuff? Is it just three mana? Anyway, we go.
1: No, I need to get to five. You
0: <laughs> need to get to five. Okay. What well, happens at five? Five
1: Volrath? is like probably Volrath, or if I play a few three drops, um, I'll just play Karuga. And and draw like okay. three cards or four cards, but really it's it the, the deck is strong if you're playing if my opponent is playing like pretty good creatures too. Yeah.
2: Because if I can copy a,
1: a really strong creature on their end, it makes mm-hmm. it difficult um to deal with. I mean, I don't know. There have been times where I've ramped out a lot. Like I play like an Entrance restoration and I've gotten like eight mana out there. Pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. But um
0: well, entis restoration Ent- entis restoration is a good inclusion in this list because of the fact that you can go and get up to three lands if you can trigger the the claws on it. What's the four bigger, I think? Is, it is. uh entis restoration. Yeah, if you power if it's ferocious, which should not be hard when you're casting some of your critters, um, you're gonna get a whole pile of land real quick. So no, I'm like I like I like this. And you say you get to five and, and you're good to go. Um, now I'm going to ask you a question. While, while we're talking about your five mana getting to Volrath, do you ever use Volrath to pick off one toughness creatures your opponents have? Oh, like, 100%. is it ever a
3: thing? Okay, like
1: like, like Land of War Elves or like um, bowmasters. I've, yeah, bowmasters. Uh, there's a guy I, pl- I played with recently hit a Shirai deck, so I was trying to shrink Shirai oh. so he could stop. Hurting us with little weenies, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> I I know, the sure. weenie didn't do anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've even considered playing the six mana contagion thing.
2: The contagion. Oh engine. Yeah,
3: yeah! Oh, for more. For, yeah, I guess you. could
0: like, I haven't thought about like you like like the minus one minus one counter theme. that you haven't you haven't really leaned into it particularly here because you don't make a lot of them. But contagion might be fun. And
1: surprising sleeper as well is Jin Cataxis. Um as you can see, oh. like if I get to seven in hand or eight in hand I flip them. Um and then just reset the board and then I can cast everything for free is really nice. Um I've done mm. that at least once or twice in games before too. So nice. even okay. even instant speed keeping Volrath alive by copying something with Ward or copying something with Hexproof. Right. Is is a really nice sneaky way to like keep the because I can really just play him and then just pass the turn the next turn and not really do I don't really have to do much um
3: oh, so.
0: too, bad you can't, too bad you can't play up to Beanstalk because this would be a perfect list for up to Beanstalk but I know.
1: Yeah, just can't do it yeah, alright um all right.
0: what, so what is the win con is there a win con here or are you just going to value somebody out
1: I mean I've definitely done clone legion onto people taken all of their creatures but also I've done it to myself and copied a bunch of value creatures like um, ancient brass. I mean, you saw that I have biovisionary in there as like a all like a backup. Mm-hmm. And then I've actually beaten people with commander damage before um, right. with Volrath. Right. Well, so,
0: like a seven a seven, seven powered seven power monster will get there pretty quick. Uh, three attacks of an unblocked Volrath will probably be the end of the game. And you, and you said plan B is the biovisionary. Yeah. Awesome. I, this is a sweet deck, folks. I'm like. There's some pieces to it that are, like, are totally interchangeable. Like, like you do not need to run an Aetherling. You can run oh. an Aetherling if you want. Aetherling is totally like that's that is a card that ma- that you found in a box, didn't you? And you're like, mm-hmm. it's ah, a pet
2: card. Let's, let's play that. Because Aetherling
0: a is good strong because it's have it's highly unblockable like all the time. Um, but it also like if you don't want to run it or you don't have one, you could run something different. Like it's pretty interchangeable as a cog so um like this this is a really all oh, right of replication oh <laughs> dude yeah yeah so there's there's lots of fun toys in this deck folks this is a really great dra- janky deck with some really neat pieces that you wouldn't see anywhere else um I mean I haven't seen too many decks that run too many of these cards uh and I really think that you know people like you should be looking this sort like looking at stuff like this if you're looking for some inspiration on what sort of janky nonsense you want to put together next.
1: I mean, you don't even need some of the expensive cards either. Like you could just, you could cut like Archon of Cruelty, you could cut um Grim Tutor. Like you don't need those cards. Yeah, uh, for you, sure. you could you could put any big bomb creature in there. And mm-hmm. you don't you don't even need to tutor if you're drawing cards. So there's yeah. a lot of options out there. Um I'm definitely going to rework this deck and probably make it even more budget friendly, I think eventually. Nice. But nice yeah anyway what do you got for us though because i saw you had a traditionally older uh sort of uh like is it tribal or did they change the word now uh it's not it's now called
3: kind
0: it's now called kindred okay um there was talk at one point that we would have um what's called um typal and then people were like well that's such a Difficult thing to say. So, we're going to go to with Kindred um, because there's a kindred discovery which cares about card types and the card. Like, so, sure. ki- which I'm going to be honest, Kindred sounds yeah. fine to me. I'd rather sure. say that than type than typo. So, so what I found, old oh, yeah,
1: it's, an, it's an old, it's an old, like, it's a new take on an old sort of five color deck that existed.
0: Well, yeah. Sense. So, in the original Zendikar, the allies were a thing. Um, and they all had a trigger that said when another ally comes into play, do something. And there wasn't really a commander for them. Um, so when we went back in battle for Zendikar, they gave us a commander that would allow us, and they named the ability. So the ability is called Rally. And anytime you play an ally, you rally, and the trigger goes off, and all your all your creatures get a benefit by by having this effect go on. So I have General Tazri, which is the from Oath of the Gatewatch. And so General Tazri says four and a white for a three four legendary creature human ally. When General Tazri enters the battlefield you may search your library for an ally card, reveal it, put it in your hand and shuffle. Uh and then white, blue, black, red, green, you have ally creatures you control get plus X plus X until end the turn where X is the number of colors among those creatures. So the Tazri does two things for you at the same time. The first one, Tazri is a tutor, so when you you can go tutor or something up. The and then once you have a critical mass of allies on the battlefield, you can use the five man ability to stack and like use that as a way to overrun the table. So uh, this card, this deck, is playing quite a bit of number, quite a number of older cards, and I was disappointed that we went back to Zendikar Rising. There weren't a lot of allies. We it had switched into playing the party mechanic instead of playing rally, instead of playing allies because I guess the Zend- the the Eldrazi threat had been neutralized. So you're playing cards from Zendikar block and Battle for Zendikar. So some of these cards are a little bit older. Some of these well they're all old at this point now because Battle for Zendikar was 2014, I guess, which is now a long time ago. Um, this one surprises people. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, Pete. Um, it is a very surprising deck because people don't like look at your cards and none of one and no, no one of these allies is a particularly overwhelming threat. And then, but they end up being greater than the sum of their parts by virtue of all the rally triggers produced by creatures entering the battlefield.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, and so I
0: guess while well, like, while we're going start start down the path, uh, where did the deck idea come from? I noticed that the rally cards um, in Battle for Zendikar were str- were reasonably strong, and particularly in red and white in the draft archetype. And so I was like, okay, like these are strong in draft. The green ones were not. Uh, the blue ones were okay, and black ones didn't really exist. Well, there were some black ones, not a lot. So I when, when I saw General Tazri get printed and Oath of the Gatewatch, I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make this,
3: this, this ally deck. Um, because there's enough allies here that you can do some really potent things. Um, now, the problem
0: with a five-color ally deck, or a fi- any five-color deck, is making your mana base work. And the other piece to this deck that I think is hilarious is is trying to make your mana base worth work with gates. Mm. So you have reasons to play gates and gates payoffs. Namely the mazes end. That is the, (laughs) that is the, that is (laughs) the extra cherry on top here. So
3: it's allowed me to do five color things and do a mazes end deck at the same time. Mm. There's some
1: allies that you could possibly run that I'm kind of surprised they're not in there like herabra's Druid which is like add X mana of any one color or X number of allies. I guess it's because it's only one type of color one mana but um, I like this idea. Like there's 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 what 96 allies currently printed um,
0: Yeah there's not, there's not a huge amount and some of them are not particularly
3: good Right. Um, like, because, like, some of them, for instance, like, um, like Akum Battlesinger,
0: for instance, is one. Like, one in a red, one, one, haste. It's an ally. Whenever Akum Battlesinger or another ally enters the battlefield, you may have ally creatures get plus one, plus o until end of turn. Okay? Like, look, that's a really nice effect. It's not particularly game breaking. Um, it doesn't pump your creature's toughness, which is kind of what this deck needs more than just. Like that'd be a great aggro card if I could play. If I was playing, sixty card constructed, and needed to get a single opponent dead. But on a table with four opponents, I need more impact from my from my rally triggers than just plus one plus zero. So Akum Battlesinger is like a card that I've looked at and I've just said, you know what, I'm not going to run it. Uh, there's a few other ones that I'm in the same sort of way, um, that I'm just not prepared to equip or play. Um, there's others that have got the cohort mechanic that are allies and like they, they they have the cohort on them, which is significantly inferior than just the rally trigger because you have to stop and tap them, which is like
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, but sometimes you play them because they're allies worth playing. um uh, notably it's the there's one of the clerics uh on war cleric. you can tap it to gain a lot li- gain two life. and so, you know, you run it because it's two mana, and if you're looking for a way to pad your life total a little bit, it's not bad. But, um, no, this deck is looking to do hit harder than that. So some cards, like particularly mana production, like tends to be like not what this deck's doing. This deck is looking to kill out of nowhere, um, and so sometimes you yeah. just have to forgo mana dorks.
1: I mean, maybe Bruce Tarl also is consideration. Bruce Tarl is, an and I, I,
0: I would, I, and so instead of something like a Restoration Angel, I would, which was ostensibly looking to f- flicker in a, a powerful uh, ally to get a good trigger back, a uh, Bruce Tarl, which gives uh, giving double strike, might be a better option in that in that slot.
1: I mean, I couple- like this deck. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not ripping it. I think it's, I think it's really cool. And I've seen you play this against me before, and it was like fun to see you blow me out at least once or twice um one on one i think um i definitely think there's ways you could you know crush some people with this for sure
0: yeah so this th- yeah this one definitely needs to be um there's definitely some ad- uh, um updates that probably could be made to this one if i you know using more current cards and some of those utility slots the problem is the creatures are pretty well set um, you know, there's only three or four cards that aren't do not have the word "ally" written on them. So the Viz- vizier of the Ma- menagerie is one. There is Uvenwald. Uh, uh, no, there's not. I took the Uvenwald Hydra out. Solanuferexia is another one. Restoration Angel is three, um, and then the Realmwalker has it, but by proxy. So like, there's three or four cards like creatures, but the rest of them are all. Like, are all allies, and you kind of just run them because they're allies. Um, the creatures, the, the, the cards themselves, the sorceries, like an instance like Gaze of Granite could easily be re- re- removed. I took it in there because it's hilarious and it, you know, could blow up a bunch of things based on like a condition you want to set. You can say, Pay X is whatever you need to spend it on and blow up that. Um, but it's not a great card, it's just was 49 cents and is a. Jank from a from a box. Um, reap and sow was another one. Like I reap and sow is me recognizing the fact that this deck, because of the mana requirement, and I need like have five different colors of mana. You can go and get whatever you need with reap and sow uh, instead of having to go and rely because there's zero basics in this deck. There are not a single basic. So things like you know cultivate don't work because you have to they they stipulate you have to get a basic so i'm looking i was looking for ways to go and
1: goblin charbelcher then is like a secondary when when con oh
0: i had not thought of goblin charbelcher um i said be funny i think you're right charbelcher now is it basic lands or trigger on until you re- reveal a land card, no, it doesn't work because there's too many lands in the deck. Because Char, Char- oh. doesn't trigger on basics or it triggers on any lands, and I have 41 uh, of those.
1: Never mind. Uh, anyway,
0: be- yeah, but anyway, that would be something that would be a funny thing if you cared, uh, cared about basic lands. Um, but yeah, so yeah, there's probably some upgrades that need to be done. This one, but like still, people underestimate this deck, and it absolutely smashes people. I've sat at tables. Where people look to me and they go, "Wow, you're playing nothing, whatever. And then I get them because I, pl- I play two or three allies in a row, doom, 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 and then go. And then they're like, that's a problem. I'm dead.
3: Yeah.
1: You could, you could uh, even do like ETB doubling effects potentially. Like there's mm-hmm. that new virtue that says, I think, when things enter, virtue, they trigger virtue, twice.
0: V- virtue of knowledge, yes. That would be a great virtue inclusion of- in this list.
1: Virtue of loyalty, untapping your stuff, putting counters on them would be pretty strong too. Again, yeah, I think sure. this deck is just fun. Like, I think it's just fun to see because it's it's a tribe that people really don't play at
2: all.
0: No, and, no, you know. So if you look at um, if you look at General Tazri's profile on EDH Rec, it's like it's very low. There are two thousand decks, I think, but you're talking about a card that's ten years old. And it's 390th out of however many wow. commanders. Like, that's
3: kind of crazy that
0: it's that low, but people just aren't building it or playing it. And so um, I was. <laughs> and now it's not perfect. I fully, freely Mitch, it's a very, very much a glass cannon sort of deck. Like if, if if I get derailed, this deck really drags and it's hard to play through. If I get off to the races and people don't identify what I'm doing, uh, they're probably in for a world of pain.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I think this is a consideration for Wizards to look at it like tribes that haven't really gotten support, that should be supported a little bit more. I don't know.
3: I I would love it. I would love if they
0: printed me another, let's say, at least another 8 to 10 really, really good allies. I don't Mm -hmm. even want a lot of them. Just... Put them in a set, sneak them in somewhere in some other plane. Like, yeah, we're allies. We're fighting some other bad guy, and then they get swallowed up by this tribe, and now they're this kindred group. And now we're like, I'm just going to giggle um, because I get some new toys. But typically, that they, you know, they're playing, they're building like people that elves or merfolk or goblins or vampires or whatever. And not, we're not getting a lot of. Allies and now that the Z- the Eldrazi have been defeated on Zendikar, I don't know when we're next going back to Zendikar or if we ever do. Right. Um, the reality may be that it's just not a place we
3: go back to visit, even though I think the place is fascinating.
1: Yeah, it's one of those. Um, I think like the party mechanic doesn't come close to it in the way that it runs, because it's too easy to abuse. That that mechanic, we're like this. You actually have to work. You have to work for this. It's like I, I think.
0: I think that, sense. I think it's a much yeah a much more fair payoff than than the party mechanic, which is uh, in looking to leverage something that I think is inherently pretty easy to assemble. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. In in Zendikar Rising, it never felt hard to get your party mechanic to come together if that was something you were looking to do. And with that dedicated party deck, again, same sorts of thing. And and that deck, really, when it goes off, it goes off hard. And people, like, you have to respect it. So, you know, but they're not getting allies. It's getting party. And I don't want to play clerics and rogues
3: and whatever else. I want to play allies. and I want them to turn sideways and smash. I will tell you this: if this deck ever gets blood mooned, <laughs> I'm going to feel like that is the end of me. I'm
0: like, oh, never mind, game over, I'm done.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: <laughs> because
3: not a single basic means I get a whole lot of mountains, and that's about it. It's funny. <laughs> um, I will say this: I have base's end of the table, which is which
0: is also pretty funny. Um we stalled out and uh my opponents were too busy killing each other, and then when they realized too late, with like I think I had one activation left to do making my maze, so like we need to kill Bruce now, and I'm like, You can't, and you have left nothing left, and I've got eight to ten blockers in the table. I don't need to come after you, I'm just gonna mazes end
3: you, and that's that. I, uh... And that was hilarious.
1: It's like come from behind deck, you know.
0: <laughs> well, it definitely surprise like it surprises, right? So like, I, again, I remember like I was playing a dude, and he was on a Necassar deck, and his Necassar deck was nasty, and and the other guys at the table were really frustrated with him. I just blew him out. He's like, "How did you kill me?" I'm like, "Well, I turned all these things sideways, and they all were like had plus four, plus four, and trample, and you know, you're dead." <laughs> and he's like. Oh, I'm dead. But then the next dude, I the next turn I untapped and the Moldrotha player was a problem. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna do you now too. But I did the Moldrotha player and like he's like, Oh, I didn't think you could do that again. I'm like, Well, I've got like three more allies in my hand, buddy. Like, what do you think I'm doing here? Like this is sure. this is what I do. And then the last guy was like looked at me, he's like, I'm dead, aren't I? I'm like, Yeah, you're cooked. Just you I don't know what he was playing but he didn't have a board wipe and I'm like well I got Boros Charm anyway so you're mm-hmm. probably dead
1: you could so, definitely definitely play like other things too like like flicker flicker your stuff to protect your board oh for sure um, even just some of the the lands you could probably if you wanted to um, like some of the scry land like the temple lands you could probably replace those with like a fable passage or something too but I think I love that, like, you have two really difficult sort of archetypes. You have to sort of manage to win the game. It's like, you have to really work for this, which I, which I appreciate.
0: And you know what? I'm happy to do it too. Like it's one of these decks, like, you know, you know, these decks you make, you, you build audience where you build it and you leave it for a while you build it, you play it for like six months. You're like, nah, I'll take it apart. Cause it's not, it's not that you love. Like I've had this one now since 2014 there it is, still there, ready to go at a moment's notice, and I love it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't get a chance to play it too frequently, um, but when I like, I'm not taking it apart. I like the deck too much, um, and so there we go. I've got you know my allies deck, and it's ready, ready at a moment's notice. If someone says, "Let's play kindred," I'm like, "Sure, you play elves, and I'm on allies, please."
1: <laughs> I guess it reminds us as as like a, as players that. Uh, it's not all about winning. Sometimes the, the fun decks are the weirdest ones, and yeah. the diversity that you can play really makes the game more enjoyable. You don't have to win a single game, but as long as your friends have a good time with you, or the pod that you were in had a good time with you, I think we lose sight of that sometimes in deck building because we want to build the most disgusting, you know, most consistent, most, you know, crazy thing <laughs> that just goes off the rails, so...
0: Uh, yes I think that's part of it I, I would I would also say like part of the appeal here is the cool factor Whereas yeah. like with Valrath and Valrath people st- would stop like I don't know what you're doing here Pete and like same thing with the allies they go I don't know what you're doing Bruce you've got four cards in hand and three cards in front of you on the table and I don't know if I should be think worried if I'm going to die or if you've got interaction or lands in hand and I'm like you gotta find out, and like when you get somebody with it, they're like, "That's cool." Like resolute blade master, and it's a war warcaller, and four other and four allies means they're probably dead, and that's awesome. Like people are <laughs> cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and they go, and then they.
3: I never thought I'd see myself die like that, and that's okay. So. For sure do not under do not underestimate weird and unusual strategies folks like we both the commanders we highlighted
0: today are hovering around the four hundredth most popular commanders in the game like we're not playing popular you know tier one commanders, but you can still do something really interesting and do a lot of really fun and make your pod go wow, that was really neat. I really enjoyed playing something very different and very refreshing even if you know the strategies, Still the same, like like it's chaotic, or it's I'm going to turn things sideways and punch you. It's just something. It's a different way of doing it, and they go, "That's neat. I hadn't thought of that." Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah, I think to end it just for today. Mm -hmm. um, Moving forward, we're probably going to go away from deck building for a while. Um, Sometimes it can be exhausting to cover this, um, and we've been doing this for several weeks, so. We'll probably move away from it, but if, is there anything you can take away from us as players and us as deck builders is we like to switch it up and we like to pre- present many different avenues when we sit down in a pod um, mm-hmm. as to different kinds of decks that we like to run. Voltron, uh, Combo, you know, Storm-based things, janky weird things, and some every so often we pull out the, uh, the mean sort of gotcha card, but mm-hmm. We really do like uh, like flexibility and interesting sort of builds. So, they does not have to win every time. But we, but this is I think the point of the channel is is like getting creative with our building and getting creative with what we like to play. So,
0: I agree, Pete, hundred percent. Like we're not like way less focus on the winning and doing something interesting and creative and fun with. Uh, in a way to make the experience unique for you and unique for the people you're playing with. So that when they, like I said, we've been tackling this for weeks now, folks. The whole goal of playing Commander should be to get you invited to come back to play. And if you sit down with something unique and fun and different, people are going to say, you know what? Like, whether you won or lost is not really the the point. They go, that was cool. I like playing with Bruce. I like playing with Pete. Let's play with them again next week. or you know, two weeks from yeah. now, or whenever we next we next see them, um, because I had because I had fun, and that's the goal. We're having fun, and not necessarily sucking all the fun out of the game by doing the stuff that everybody anticipates that you're going to do all the time.
1: Yeah, that's why. Like when I play with people that I play with more regularly on Discord, I usually try to I usually let them decide, <laughs> I usually let fate mm. decide what I'm playing uh, because. Sometimes I just I just want I don't want to choose, and I'd rather them choose so that way I get to play some different things because it's we're very limited in our in our time mm-hmm. that we get to play, so mm-hmm. might as well take advantage of it when we have it. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. All right, cool. Did you draw this week to a close, there, Pete.
1: Yeah, just a heads up: we're gonna probably talk about some Mulliganing next week. I think I feel like that's gonna be a really fun discussion for us. Regarding like commander, how to mulligan? Because that's something that's not really discussed in the f- most pods. But I think it's important to understand um, when you keep a hand, even if your pod allows for a fresh seven every time. It's good to like realize, okay, what am I ideally trying to do by turn five? And we're gonna we're gonna definitely boil mm-hmm. that down. I think.
0: Yeah, I think as as the game is sped up and commander has progressively gotten more efficient, the it would have been a time when you could have kept a medium hand and made it work and now you i think you need to be we're going to talk about how you need to be a little bit more intentional with the cards you the the hands you choose to play and keep at the start of the game and how that how that's going to look and so i think the talk around mulliganing is really important and it's going to help players uh, make good choices so that when they play they have a game instead of being caught either flooded out or screwed on mana and the, and then having a non game instead of having a fun game but that's next week um if you want to find all of the places that you want to get a hold of us or where the show was found all that is in the show notes folks um by all means and of course our home is the uh you can find all of our shows including our back episodes if that is something that interests you lots of if you want to hit the last five weeks with decks or you want to go back further and check out far more in the, the archives, by all means, go and check them out. There's lots of great things to find there and nuggets to uncover. Some really great interviews and uh, some other great conversations with guests and other uh, people that have stopped in at the podcast. Um, Yeah, so I guess that's it, folks. Uh, hope everyone enjoyed their Thanksgiving. And now that we're back to normal and the the sprint run up to the holidays, Have yourselves lots of fun. Enjoy whenever whenever you play Magic, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: Take care, everyone, and stay safe out there. I know the world's crazy right now, but just know that we'll be back at you next week. And uh, wherever you play Magic, please have a good time. Enjoy it. It's fleeting.
3: (laughs) Bye!